Welcome to episode 23 of Night Shift. Mike Stubbs and Kyle Grimard with you looking back over three games in two and a half days in three different cities that saw a couple of wins, a big win in Saginaw, the end of some streaks, one, one that goes all the way back to October the 19th for the London Knights. They had not lost on the road dating back to October 19th until they ran into a couple of Londoners in Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound uniforms. We'll touch on that. We'll talk OHL trade deadline, and we'll also hear from Bob Martin just back with another gold medal from an international competition, this time the 2023 World Junior Hockey Championship. You can follow Kyle on socials at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980, and you can find the podcast Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you're a Knights fan, leave us a review and tell us what it is you want to see in the future on this podcast. The overage trade deadline has come and gone, and it was quiet for overagers. There were some deals. Patrick Lever went from Oshawa to Guelph for Jacob Oster. There was a fifth-round pick in that deal that also went to Guelph, and so that winds up giving Guelph and Oshawa new goaltenders. Sarnia traded defenseman Chandler Romeo in a second-round pick to Guelph for a pair of picks, a second and a fourth. Owen Sound swapped Julian Fantino and a 15th for Landon Hookie and a 15th with Sault Ste. Marie. And the Knights made two deals. So the Knights have traded Ben Bajol to Hamilton in exchange for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. The Knights have also traded Nicholas Yearwood to Sudbury in exchange for a 10th-round pick. The thing that automatically helps both of those players, they were in a lineup that was tough to climb, sometimes even tough to get into. So this will allow both of them an opportunity to get a whole lot more ice time. And it's one of those ones that you look to why is the OHL the best developmental league along with the WHL and the QMJHL. It's moves like this. And so now Ben Bajol is a member of the Hamilton Bulldogs joining Luca Testa and Carson Lloyd and Nicholas Yearwood goes to the Sudbury Wolves. If there are any more moves, we will have an emergency pod for you. But right now let's look back at the weekend. Kyle, how are things? You know, things are, things are good. Uh, I wish they were better this morning. Of course, we joke about it amongst ourselves and especially on our other uh, broadcast after the buzzer, which is on 980 CFPL. We do, we joked for the uh, Sunday night football game, Packers and lions. And a lot of people who are Lions fans were uh, coming at me a little bit and, and uh, just reminding me that, you know, green Bay happened to uh, lose last night. So I'm still, still looking at my wounds from that one, but you know what? I get for the lions had quite the uh, turnaround for the better end of the season. At some point green Bay wasn't going to make the playoffs. So just got to accept that and move on. Maybe the last time we see Rogers in a green Bay Jersey, but uh, other than that, Mike, a lot of fun stuff happening around the Ontario hockey league, specifically the London Knights. They had a busy weekend. This was arguably one of the, tougher weekends for them just in terms of a time frame three games in less than a three-day span it kicked off on friday night against the hamilton bulldogs and the london knights welcoming in a new member of their uh, lineup into the roster for the first time this season ryan winterton after being acquired from the bulldogs earlier on in the week suited up uh, along with ryan humphrey who was playing his second game and the knights go on to win uh five to one in that contest 
They did. And it was it was one of those decided ones. Now, let's face it. Hamilton has made a lot of moves. They are putting a lot of players on other teams looking toward the future. And we'll talk with Ryan Humphrey about that. You'll hear from him in just a few seconds. But in terms of the game itself, hey, once the Knights got going, because Hamilton still has guys who know how to win guys who will make life tough on you. Once the Knights got going, everything seemed to kind of fall into place in what was a 5-1 victory. We had a couple of wild empty netters this weekend, and the first one came on Friday night. Denver Barkey, it took some doing getting the empty netter. Four cracks at it. It finally went in. Knights win it. 5-1, to one, they extend their winning streak to eight games, and then it sets up a, a quick kind of turnaround for them because they had to head to Saginaw on Saturday, and knowing full well they would be going to Sault Ste. Marie right after for a game against the Greyhounds on Sunday afternoon. So the Saturday game, Kyle, set up as a battle for top spot in the Western Conference, and it felt like that. You want to talk playoff game? This was as close as you're going to get to it. And one to nothing until late into the third period. And Zach Bowen, we're going to hear from Zach Bowen. Zach mm -hmm. Bowen with his first OHL shutout and some of the saves he made. Wow. Yeah, he uh, we've watched him blossom as a rookie this year, and he's been put in some some pretty tough situations that normally for a rookie goalie, Mike, uh, you know, often it's the moments a little bit too big. And normally you learn from those moments and you eventually develop and you 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 grow and Zach. Bowen has just taken all of those moments and not only taken them in stride, but one, he's come out with victories. I believe he's won his last seven starts, if I'm not mistaken. And on top of that, now picks up his first career shutout in the Ontario Hockey League. And against, of all teams, the team that's trailing London and trying to catch them for first place in the Western Conference, the Saginaw Spirit, and on the road. So three different things coming in, and the Knights go on and win. That would be their ninth consecutive win. That's right. And the Knights also had put together 20 victories in 22 games. And in that span, you had goaltending, as you might imagine, being top of the charts in terms of how things were going. You look at the save percentages, save percentages have come down in hockey this year, but Zach Bowen's going into Saturday night was 9.05. He brought it up a couple of ticks, and then Brett Brochu, 9.28 mm -hmm. over that 22-game span for the London Knights. So that was a big part of it, and Bowen made a save on Hunter Haight. Puck comes back out to the left point. Hate gets in, shoots, big save by Bowen. They jam, and Bowen keeps it out. Hunter Hate was trying to shove Bowen's pad across the goal line. Bowen's pad is parallel to the ice. He's got his toe on the puck. He manages to keep it out. In fact, here's how he described what that moment was like. Definitely stretched to my max there. Um, but yeah, got a toe on it kept it out so that was good so bowen even admits afterward yeah he could feel that kyle you've been there as a goalie that strength versus strength somebody trying to push you and the puck into the net and you've got to hold strong 
I got to tell you, Mike, the goalie doesn't normally win those. Uh, you have no <laughs> leverage, you're down, and you have no force other than your will and any strength you have in your leg to try and hold where you are. The odd time you do win is when your leg is anchored against the post and you can use that as leverage. But right there, Bowen is just holding on for dear life. And the fact that he keeps that puck out was remarkable. The first save was incredible. And then, yeah, to keep the leg there almost nearly in the full split and somehow gets a whistle was, I mean, you just see the, the focus focus and the determination from a young rookie goaltender who's, you know, your quote unquote backup, but really, you know, the way he's playing with Brett Brochu, this being his final year, he is going to step in and be the guy moving forward. And he has done nothing but impress uh, everybody who has watched him this season. And still taking it all in stride. He's got a great mentor in Brett Brochu for that very thing. Here is Zach on where this game ranks for him. Oh, definitely, definitely ranked high. On that scale, um, definitely remember it for a while. How much do you watch the clock? Are you are you allowing yourself to say, okay, there's the second period, still up one nothing, minutes into the third period? Do you allow yourself to do that, or are you just staying focused on whatever's coming at you next? I uh, try to stay fo- try to stay focused, um, but like I don't want to jinx or anything, so not even saying it in my head, anything, nothing like that. Just stay focused. So when do you think you allowed yourself to think, first OHL shutout, I got this? Um, like, even after the first empty net, I'm still, still like, shaking a little. There was still a lot of time left. There's still, yeah. what, well, less than a minute, but, yeah, or, or around a minute? Yeah, no, and then after the second one, I'm like, okay, it might, might happen here. <laughs> so, yeah. What was it like when that final buzzer, that final horn went? It was a relief, and it was really exciting to finally uh, finally get my first shutout in this league. Congratulations. Thank you. And the other thing, Kyle, that this featured was another memorable empty net goal. In fact, two of them, really, because Ryan Humphrey and Ryan Winterton scored their first goals as Knights, both into the empty net in what would be a 3 to nothing London Knight win. Both of those goals came fairly late, but Humphrey with the Knights up one nothing, with Saginaw getting some chances in and around the London net with the goalie pulled. Humphrey gets the puck on the right wing, gets across the blue line, and just barrels for the empty net. He puts the puck in. He put him in, but he told us after he, he was going to make sure. Simmer made a nice pass over, and um, I thought I had a step on the D, so I just take the puck hard to the net all the time and um, my feet went out from under me and I was like oh no I don't know if it's gonna go in or count or what so I just took it in with my head and counts the same so I'll take it and then Ryan Humphrey now that Hamilton has unloaded a lot of players in trades from last year's OHL championship team He's seeing former teammates everywhere, played against another one, Mark Duart in Sault Ste. Marie. And we had a chance to get his thoughts about going around the league and seeing a lot of old friends. Right, it's just a West Side reunion, I guess. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see all those guys. I miss them not playing them that much in the East. And uh, I'm excited to see Duart and got Wentz over with me. He gets to see everyone. It's pretty cool. Georgie, too. Ryan Humphrey of the London Knights. He and Ryan Winterton wind up with their first OHL goals. And then some things have to come to an end eventually, Kyle. We saw a winning streak, a road winning streak, both end on Sunday afternoon in Sault Ste. Marie, where the Knights just did appear to run out of gas. And you always have this spark, especially among 
Londoners who play against the London Knights. Bryce McConnell Barker, fourth overall pick in 2020 in the OHL priority selection. He gets a goal and two assists. Jordan Dentino had a pair of goals. And that helped the Sioux Greyhounds to beat the Knights 6-3. to three. So we can chalk this up as another winning streak, Kyle. So the Knights have a three-game winning streak, another three-game winning streak, a four-gamer, an eight-gamer, and a nine-gamer this year. And that speaks to one of the reasons why they're in first place in the West. Well, and on top of that, they're 13-3. and three. They're, they were 13 and three on the road, which is unbelievable. It's, it's as difficult as ever. You know, a lot of people talk about how tough it is coming into Budweiser gardens and playing there. And even as the London Knights, because a lot of teams, it's a Friday night, it's bumping teams normally bring their best, but then to go on the road, whether you're going into Starnia or, and I know they lost their last one into Sioux, but the fact that they have a 13 and three record on the road is remarkable. Um, I, the Knights, even after that loss, have won, is it 21 now of their last 24 games, if you still oh, want to keep that streak going? which Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, when do we stop counting that? Because it's still pretty impressive, even with three losses mixed in, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And that's the funny part about it is, yeah, the Knights' nine-game win streak comes to an end, and then you look at it in perspective and go, well, they still won 21 of 24, which is insane. And, you know, they're, the Knights are still, you know, this that's their third game in less than three days on the road, a very short turnaround, Mike, as you mentioned. And, you know, it's sometimes, like you said, they run out of gas, but now they get to reload and have an opportunity to start a new streak. They do, and they have some home games coming up. They'll take on the Guelph Storm on Friday, January 13th. Yes, it will be Friday the 13th. And then they face the Windsor Spitfires, and that will come up on Sunday, January 15th. That will be after the OHL trade deadlines are through, and we will have an emergency podcast for any moves that the Knights make at the trade deadline if there is an emergency podcast needed. And then... We move on. You know what the rosters look like. You know what the movement has been like. So far, we've seen the Peets. We've seen the Ottawa 67s. The Sarnia Sting make some moves to load up, especially over this weekend. The Sting were able to get Luca Del Bel Belouz and then Ethan Del Mastro, who represented Canada at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Ottawa, they were able to acquire Logan Morrison from Hamilton, and they did it for... Basically, the the added scoring punch that he brings, he's number two in league scoring right now. And the Peets got a couple of former Bulldogs in Avery Hayes and Gavin White. Now, the Peets have surrendered an awful lot. Mississauga and Hamilton are loading up. How about this for Mississauga? When you decide in junior hockey, let's go and look at the future, you hope that you come out with something like this. Mississauga now has the fifth overall pick from the 2022 OHL priority selection in Porter Martone. They have the sixth in Jack Van Volsen, and then they have their own the 13th. So number five, number six, and number 13 in one single draft. Those guys are all forwards. They're going to grow up together for the next two or three years. Look out for that trio when they're 18 and 19. That is unbelievable. That is that. Well, that's an amazing job by Mississauga. And it's, it's really nice too, when you're able to bring guys in at a young age or draft and let them grow and develop within your system. And it's something actually that the Knights have been credited of, of being able to do so well. I mean, we just look at the core right now of this team. Yes. They brought in, you know, before the season started, um, you know, they brought in a few different guys. They brought in Sam Dickinson, who's a young rookie, who's going to grow with this team. But you look at Denver Barkey, 
Brody Crane, Max McHugh is one of the leaders on this team that was brought in. And you just, you're going to watch this group grow together. And we get, to, we've, we've been seeing it all season long. And yeah, you brought in a guy like George Diaco at the beginning of the season. And, you know, you add some veterans along the way, but for the most part, the core of this team has been drafted and slowly brought up. It's the way the Knights have done it. And it's why they've been so successful for as long as they have. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not an easy thing to do. Some organizations do it better than others, but it's kind of knowing when to go and when not to. And this year, this year is still a loaded year. We still have seven teams that you could look at in the Western Conference and say any of these clubs could represent the Western Conference in the OHL Championship Series. Really, the only teams that you would say have said, looking toward next year, are Erie, Guelph, and Sault Ste. Marie. And the Greyhounds just beat the Knights on Sunday afternoon. And other than that, everybody else is either probably going to sit tight, maybe an Owen Sound and Saginaw kind of sit tight. Maybe Saginaw, you know, keeps looking toward next year because they want that shot at hosting the Memorial Cup. And then you look at the other teams, Kitchener is still adding pieces. Uh, you have to wonder, you know, the the last thing that has to really happen other than maybe some trades that would deal with teams looking toward the future would be where does Shane Wright go? And we'll have to find that out. Don't get lost in the speculation. Wait until it's true because you'll see an awful lot of things. There's a lot of people who pretend to be reporters who throw stuff out there when they don't necessarily have all the facts. So just be ready for when it comes down and when it's concrete. And we'll see what happens there as to where Shane right goes because it doesn't appear he's going to stay in Kingston he helped Canada to win the world junior championship even had a goal on his birthday and London also has part of that world junior championship as well Bob Martin who is the security liaison with Team Canada brought home another gold medal and Kyle as we wait to see whether we'll need need any emergency podcasts on night shift how about a conversation on memories from the World Juniors? Because this tournament, I, I love the World Juniors. I don't remember a tournament that had games that were maybe this this high end, this tight. The, the tournament itself just seemed so exciting, whether it was the atmosphere in Halifax that ratcheted it up. Not sure, but this was one of my favorites. A, a lot of people, Mike, were saying that the crowd, like Halifax is one of the best spots to have this tournament for a few different reasons. One, there's no NHL city like there. So there's no NHL team that's currently, you know, occupying the same city. So it, it's always been great when it's in Alberta as well, when they do the split between Edmonton and Calgary. And those are always a lot of fun, but you've got the flames and you've got the Oilers. So sometimes the viewership gets led to a different area. Halifax, that's the biggest thing going on. Uh, the, the people there were rocking. You had representation from all of the countries. Obviously, Canada the highest, but you had a lot of people out there supporting Czechia. You had a lot of people out there supporting Sweden, Switzerland, Slovakia. There was a lot of fans there for all of the different contests. And I think you're right. And I don't know whether it was because of the, I know you're going to love this, Mike, but the Connor Bedard show because of all the hype that he was being, being surrounded with. But there was a lot of high-end players in this tournament, and it, it came down to an overtime winner to decide the gold medal, which only makes things better for these types of tournaments. Can't beat that. Well, to close out this episode on Night Shift, here is Jim Van Horn with Bob Martin. 
We never get tired of talking about uh, World Junior Hockey experiences with Bob Martin because what a resume you're building. How many gold medals uh, at the World Junior for you, Bob? I'm very fortunate to say uh, this is my fifth gold medal at the World Juniors. Where do you have these? Uh, what do you do with them? Well, I have them at home for a little while, and then after uh, I show some people and have some people over, uh, they go to a safety deposit box, of course, and... Uh, you know, exactly the where they should be. Fantastic. But is uh, the fifth one, uh, obviously it never gets old or tired, but describe what the fifth one, this most recent one, means to you in Halifax. Well, for starters, when you get the call that you're going to go to the World Juniors again, I've, I still send shivers down the back of your spine thinking, okay, I'm getting to go again. And uh, once, once I'm there, like this has ranked up as probably one of my top ones of all of them. Yeah. Um, and why do you think that is? Well, um, from the time we landed in Moncton till the time we flew out of Halifax 30 days later, um, the Maritimes embraced us with their hospitality. It was unbelievable the way that they took care of us. And again, uh, I attribute that to get, uh, getting back to grassroots uh, junior hockey rinks where the fan base, are their, you know, they love their junior hockey and... Uh, as I say, uh, every Canada game, every Canada practice, the place is full of people coming to watch us and, and thanking us to come to uh, the Maritimes. You can't beat that. And uh, obviously this was uh, known for many reasons, but Connor Bedard kind of got exposed to the whole country. Give us some insight on Connor Bedard. You had a great uh, quote about him. Well, Connor uh, is a tremendous hockey player, as we all know, but he's a better person. Um, I enjoyed every minute with him. He's a, a total team guy. Uh, it doesn't matter if we're up 11-1 or, or, or if we're down a goal or two, um, even keel, and he's just uh, one of uh, 20 players on the team, and uh, he's a team guy. Yeah, Amazing. Bob, you were uh, affectionately described as a uh, Swiss Army knife by one of the reporters uh that that it was all in the best of ways what what does it mean to be the swiss army knife uh, at, at a world junior well what helps me out not just the security end of it so I, I look after them moving the team from the time they fly in our bus schedules uh getting to the rink the hotels getting to step on the ice at the right time you know with tv you have to you have to hit a read on the second uh and to going around the room but what helps me i know they're running with junior hockey team who needs what when so I just keep doing my rounds, the coaches, trainers, players, you know, and uh, I've helped out every way I can to, from nuts to bolts. Congratulations once again. It just uh, There could be no better representative of Canada than you, Bob, and uh, thanks for uh, making Team Canada so special or helping make it so special this year. Well, again, uh, I want to thank you, and I want to thank everybody, uh, family and friends, and uh, you know, the, the hockey community that people that reached out with well wishes along the way. It's uh, Yeah, and you're so fortunate in Canada. You were able to make this a bit of a family affair. Yes, it was great. Uh, my wife, Linda, came out. Uh, Colin made, made the trip for the last uh, two games. And uh, sorry, my daughter, Justine, couldn't get the time off work. But uh, uh, there'll be a next one, and uh, I want to have the whole family there. It's, it's, it's quite an experience for all of us. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Jim Van Horn and Bob Martin, as we end this episode of Night Shift, we'll keep you up to date on any kind of major moves that the London Knights make between now and the final OHL trade deadline. 
And then we'll get set for the Knights in the Storm and the Knights in the Spitfires a little later this week. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can follow me on socials at Stubbs980. Kyle, enjoy the week. We will talk a little later on. Yes, we will. Some news that may or may not happen. We'll see, but we'll get you guys geared up for the weekend as well.